Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Again, so very kind uh, to myself and, um, and Andy, so we just, we're, we're overjoyed. Now, I, you know, they, they read a lot of descriptions about a pastor. Yes, the, the weight is there, the responsibility is there, and, and, you know, even stress is there, but I want you to know the joy is there. And, and the, the privilege and the honor is there. And so I appreciate that so very much. And um, in, I, I don't care where you pastor, whether it's here or someone else. Um, a pastor doesn't deserve such an opportunity to pastor one of God's churches. Uh, because you all are precious to God. Amen? And it is, it is a privilege to be able to, the best of my ability, through God's grace. And I am growing. Okay? So uh, we all are together, but uh, to shepherd and guide, cast vision, all of those things. So I do need your prayers each and every day. All right? So let's open up our Bibles this morning to Daniel chapter 6. I uh, wasn't sure, uh, completely sure, if we would venture in to um, Daniel's sort of standalone moment of real life and real faith. But that's where we are going to be. Daniel uh, chapter 6, so we're, gonna, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but we are going to use the whole chapter uh, in today's message, and so the title is Prayer Over Fear, and if, if you're a child of God, you know that if you are truly praying in, in tough circumstances to God, that's faith being exercised. That's real faith de- uh, dealing and in, 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 uh, experiencing real life. So prayer over fear. We've, been, we've not been given the spirit of fear, amen, but of love and joy and of a sound mind, which is from God. So Daniel chapter 6, and a very familiar story. But you can't wear these stories out. Amen. Truly enjoyed the privilege of God giving me to preach on a very familiar story last week of the three Hebrew men in, the fir- in a fiery furnace. I enjoyed that. And I pray that you grew from that. I know I did. But now we're going to be with Daniel and the lion's den. All right? Um, so I would say the lions versus God. Right? And uh, so let's dive into uh, chapter 6. In verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. All right, let's begin. It pleased Darius to sit over the kingdom, 120 princesses, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, uh, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give an account, um, may give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princesses because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princesses sought to find occasion against 
uh, Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as um, he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel. Except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. You could also say concerning his faith. Okay. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto the king, King Darius, live forever. forever. In other words, oh, we're for you, king. All right, this sort of smoke screen, if you will. All the presidents of the kingdom and governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together. Minus one. They didn't, they didn't give him that information, did they? Uh, consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. We're just going to stop right there for just a moment, and uh, we're going to pray. All right? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Father, we see the stage is set. Um, and I pray that we learn that this, this stage, this circumstance... One of your children in times and years gone by stepped in, stepped upon this stage that men in their craftiness and their service to none other than the devil himself was willing to destroy him, to, to ruin his integrity, to destroy his influence. And to make sure he never reached such a high, lofty position. Father, we know the world at large, or the society or systems of the world, frowns upon your people bringing their faith into leadership positions. The devil himself knows the kind of impact a Christ-centered, God-fearing child of yours, the kind of difference they can make. In leadership. But I pray today that each one that is here understands if they are a child of God, they are a leader. They are a threat to the agenda of the devil. Every parent, every small business owner, every neighbor, every family member, if they're a child of God, they are a leader. Leading forward with the message of the gospel. And I pray that we hold nothing back today to March into this world with you as our strength and our confidence in you. Knowing that you will carry us through any and all circumstances that we face for your glory and our good and our growth. Help us not to be people of fear, but people of faith. I pray that for myself first and foremost. Guide my mind, my, my, my words today. As I speak to these people that are willing to sit in these pews and listen to my voice expound on Scripture. Let all glory go to you. Help me to disappear that they only hear your voice today. And I pray all of this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. A lot has happened you know, up to when we left off with the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to now. Okay? And... Um, 
Nebuchadnezzar. And you can go back and read. Uh, for the sake of time, I was going to read these. I may read just a portion of it, but I may just paraphrase. As you go on in chapter 4, you'll find that Nebuchadnezzar finally learned who God was. Before he, he, he sort of mixed the God of heaven with the other gods, right? And, but you'll find that in Daniel chapter 4, you can read verse 25, you can pick up verse 34 through verse 37. Uh, you'll find that he was told, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to essentially lose your mind. Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to end up going out and you're going to end up acting like an animal out in the field eating grass. Sure enough, that's what happened. He was on all fours. Essentially lost his mind for a short amount of days. You'll find that his mind came back to him and he understood who God was. He understood that the God of heaven brings up kings and takes down kings. Let me just read you what um, Nebuchadnezzar said. He said, and, and at the, let me back up a little bit in verse 35. Because he realized who the Most High was, honorable, right? His dominion is, is everlasting dominion. Um, in verse 34, verse 35, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me. So he was sort of insane. His mind came back to him. He said, And my counselors and my lords, or excuse me, and for the glory of my kingdom, uh, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, and all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase, or in other words, to humble. So he got to where he needed to be, amen? Now that's where we need to be today. But you'll find that Nebuchadnezzar died, and you'll find that Belshazzar came, which was his son. And you would think, so you see Daniel, right? Man, the, king's, the king now fears the God that, that I fear. He's, he's not muddled him with the other gods. And man, now it's not going to be as hard. Maybe I won't have these such a challenging of circumstances. But then comes his son, Belshazzar. And you would think that he would have learned from his dad, right? But... We all know if you've read any, anywhere further, you'll find that he did not. He was like the old Nebuchadnezzar. He, he was the one that he, uh, he was the one that took up the, the, the gold and the silver and the plates and the cups that they had, took, they, had, they had taken and they were drinking and being merry and the handwriting on the wall appeared and, and they said, "Find Daniel." Daniel interpreted the handwriting on the wall. Long story short, Belshazzar was going to die. And he did. What I want you to see is that, you know, kings come and go, and it was set up really well when Nebuchadnezzar saw finally who king was, but then another king came. Now the tide changed. Circumstances changed again. All right? And this, this king died. Then you find King or Darius came. He was a, 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 a Median, if you will, the Medes and Persians. Now this king highly favored Daniel. Well, what you see is this, when you're talking about real life, is, is that circumstances come in waves, don't they? When, 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 you, when you've done well and it's at, at that pinnacle and you're, you're doing well and it seems like, you know, the, 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 the atmosphere is just for God and then, you know, like here, another king came and then it got dark. You, you cannot abdicate from your post as a child of God living by faith is what I'm trying to say. 
you see this, this shifting of kings. And dear friends, harder circumstances can come at any point. We must be a people of faith, and we, we can be through the Lord's strength. So this king highly favored Daniel. And notice this. Here's the potential that he is even contemplating setting Daniel up over the whole realm. This is an amazing thing because Daniel is, he's, he is a, he's a child of God. He, he, he's in a covenant relationship with Jehovah, God of heaven. He's a man of faith. You know, I enjoy and always look forward to when people of faith enter into office. Public office, don't you? The world does not. What you're going to find here, first of all, that there's, going to, there's a plot. There's a plot of the enemy. Okay? Now, as we've read here, uh, Daniel was over all of these princes, these what are called presidents, those of, of high authority. He's over them. And I want you to understand there is a plot that the enemy is, is developing here for this man of faith. Folks, it's no different for you and me. The enemy is always plotting against you. He does not sleep when it comes to his agenda. There is a plot. And the devil uses men just like God uses men. And I go ahead and tell you uh, uh, that uh, Satan oftentimes will get his work done through people. Right? You would say, well, that person, man, that person hurt me. That person scarred me. Man, they really just put a bruise on my Christianity. Now, remember, our, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Powers, principalities, it's the devil. That's our enemy, not flesh and blood. So there was a plot. What is this plot happening here? There was a man of faith going to rule over these men. Okay? So they're not thrilled about this God follower, this man of faith, being fairly treated. And actually, the king Darius was showing a tolerance toward Daniel's God and Daniel's faith. They're going to go at great lengths here to dig something up about his past or create some kind of false narrative to cast doubt on Daniel's integrity. Cast doubt on Daniel's, you know, um, allegiance to the king. That's what they wanted to do. Folks, the, 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 the plot has never changed. The devil is always after your integrity, is always after your witness. And he is going, all that he can do is dig up some kind of dirt on you to tarnish your witness. Or we could use some New Testament language to dim your light. That you're supposed to be in this world. That's what, that's what they're trying to do here with, with Daniel. Now you got to ask yourself, why did these guys go to so much trouble? Why did they go to so much trouble to bring Daniel down? Why? Because they did not want to end their paganism. And their, and, their, and their idolatry. They did not want a man, a God-fearing man, to, for them to answer to. They did not want that. They did not want the impression of his faith to even come near their paganism. They didn't want that. So we got to get rid of him. We, we've got to get rid of him. That, that's exactly what is happening here. All right? They are, the motivation is, is coveting. We want to be in that position. Not this man of faith. All right? But i got to ask you a question. Because, folks, when I read this afresh, 
I see so much in our culture today. I see just almost a carbon copy of this. Did Daniel, I got a question for you. Has Daniel ever tried to force, penalize these guys for their paganism? Now, he didn't agree with it. He's a God-fearer. But he, he, he was a man of faith. But he did not take his faith and become a bully with it. He didn't do that. And so these, they just don't want the impression of his faith in a high position. We don't want that kind of man, that kind of faith in that kind of position. Because we're always going to have to see it. We're always going to have to see him pray. We're always going to have to see him, you know, uh, giving tribute to his God. And we just don't want to see it. Can I tell you something? The world at large, the systems, the, the, the society at large does not, has no taste or appetite for your faith. They don't. Folks, when you were lost and undone, you didn't have an appetite for someone who was trying to win you to the Lord. But thanks be to God for their, their, their persistence. Amen? So I want you to see the world at large wants to dethrone you of any position of leadership that you are in. Because your faith, when it is exercised, makes a difference. It sows seed. Right? It, it, it casts doubt on the strength of, of their gods. Amen? That's what it does. You remember the, the king with, with, the, with the three Hebrews? He flexed, tried to flex harder than their faith was. He wants to smoke out and burn out their witness. Same story here. Same plot. He lived his faith openly, but he was not a bully with it. The tolerance that they would not give Daniel was the tolerance they wanted for them own selves. Do you not see today? Right? There is a scream for tolerance, but no giving of tolerance. I mean, it's such a hypocritical society today. But dear friend, whether I live out my faith, or whether, I, or whether this society shows tolerance to my faith in Christ is irrelevant to me living it out or not. Well, I'm not to be shaken, right, or unsettled with the threats, the idle threats of what physical hands may do to me. Uh, um, uh, laws that are passed, right, or whatever. We are people of faith to walk by faith. But I'm going to tell you there's always a plot against your faith. They, that so, they plotted so heavily they were willing to see Daniel killed. So let me just give you a verse of warning and we'll move on. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... Did you hear that? Your adversary, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So let me just tell you something. The devil knows how to slip into your family. He knows how to slip into that co-worker you work beside every day. He knows where you work. He knows who works beside you. He knows the people that can impact you. Right? He, the devil knows. The devil has strategy. But dear friend, you have God. Amen. This plot has no power when it is set when it is set beside the power of God. Amen. So don't be afraid of the plot. All I'm telling you to do is be aware of the plot. So you will be exercising your faith and growing. So notice this. Notice this. Number 2, the prayer of the saint. You know, the prayer of Daniel in other words. So I love this. I love reading this part. Okay? So the plot 
And they said, hey, all the presidents, all the counselors, hey, we've all got together and we've all got this plan. Well, they didn't say, well, all of us minus, uh, minus Daniel. Didn't say that. But it was minus Daniel. But notice this. In verse 10, we, we dropped off at verse 9. Pick up verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. I mean, I, I love that. I mean, I could just, just camp out right there forever. But he went home. He went home. You know, we are always enticed. When someone opposes us, we're like, how dare they? You know, or someone doesn't have a tolerance toward me, but they want me to have a tolerance. I mean, our flesh can get riled up about our faith. But dear friend, our flesh needs to take a back seat. We're to be dead to the flesh, right? But the devil would love for you to get riled up in your flesh to defend God. Dear friend, that's how you lose your testimony. Once God doesn't need defending, he can take care of himself. Amen? But he wants you to live by faith and let them see him through you. Don't let your flesh win when there's a plot and intolerance towards your faith. But Daniel's response, he went home. Now, why was home so significant to him? Why did he go home? You see, Daniel had somewhere very, very private, very personal to him that, that, that really, that, that was his place. That was his spot of communing with God. It wasn't because he was lazy or wasn't going to put up a fight or just was indifferent. It wasn't that. He went home because there was purpose at home. There was, there was someone that could do more when he went home than what he could do if he stayed there and got mouthy about the injustice. He went home and he prayed. Folks, that's, the, that's a man of faith. Amen? That, that, that's how things get done is that we... we be, now listen, you can pray anywhere and everywhere. Amen? We believe in the priesthood of the believer. You can pray anywhere and all through Christ. But don't you have that special place where you just can get away from it all and commune with God? Daniel had that place and it was home. What we learn here is the fact that Daniel was not taking this moment to create a new routine. You see that? He's like, oh goodness, there's this, there's this decree. I may lose my life. There's this lines in. I better go visit God. I haven't talked to him in a while. I now, I'm now motivated to pray to my God. No, he didn't take time to create a new routine. He was taking time to be faithful to a long-lived practice. What Daniel's teaching us here as he's going home to pray is that he needed God in the good days and bad days. God wasn't a vending machine. He wasn't some kind of boyfriend that now that my life is in trouble, I need to romance him so he'll answer my prayer. That's not, that's not how Daniel was treating God. He was treating God as his all-encompassing need. I need God for even the breath that I take. That was what you saw in Daniel's life of prayer. He didn't create a new routine. And I'm jumping ahead, but I want to tell you what the king told him a little bit later. Thy God, verse 16, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. So even by the king's mouth, the people knew. Daniel did not start praying when the, when the, when the tension rose. He didn't start praying when his life was threatened. He continued praying when his life was threatened. Sometimes when our life is threatened, we stop praying and start accusing. 
No, 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 no. The best time to pray is every day. The good, the bad, and the ugly that you may face, the proper posture of your heart is a praying heart. And Daniel showed that. He went home when he knew what ultimately probably would happen. So a time of solitary prayer to Jehovah, we find, was in the very fact. Prayer was, what you find here, is that prayer was so much of the fabric of his life, almost even just like breathing. That's how much Daniel saw prayer. And it gives us some insights about Daniel, how he viewed prayer. Let me give you a few things that I have jotted down. He was not moved to pray by fear of man. He was moved to pray due to his love and fear of God. Okay, that's what you find here. Another one is his pattern of prayer speaks to whom he relied on for everything. He knew God is sovereign. He knew that and believed that. That's where his peace came from. And then this last thought is this. This time of prayer was not received by God as a last resort for Daniel. This wasn't a last-ditch effort. This wasn't a spare tire for Daniel to slap on. Prayer was a steering wheel for his life. And he's never let go of that steering wheel. He continued to pray. He went home. So Now, now why is this also important? He said the only way that we can dig up something on Daniel is to find it with his God. The law of his God is his faith. Now, what they could have done. Now, say Daniel don't have a life of prayer. His windows are open. You go on and read as he did aforetime. He, he, he went home with his, 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 his windows open and he prayed. He prayed. Three, look at verse 12. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of the O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Of course, the king had to say yes. The king answered and said, this thing is true. Right? And you keep on coming on down here and it says, verse 13, Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is the children of captivity, regarded not thee, O king. You made this decree, but guess what? He's still praying three times a day. His windows are open. Now, say he did not pray all the time. Say this was, he hadn't prayed in months, and now he's in his windows open and praying. You know what they could have accused him of? Now, king, he's not a man of prayer. You've not seen him pray in, 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 in six weeks or, or, you know, three months. But as soon as this decree was made, now he's praying. Well, he hates you. He's a rebel. They couldn't even accuse that about his prayer. Because he was a man of prayer. He prayed every day at his home with the windows open, unashamed of who he was praying to. So they could not even, observing his prayer life, they could not say that he was simply revolting. Because he was a consistent prayer warrior for God. It wasn't like, oh, now he's stepping into his faith because he doesn't want to follow suit with you, king. No, no, he's consistent in his faith. They couldn't even throw his prayer up as some kind of bad thing or, or as a revolt to the Lord. Let me tell you something about prayer, a quote that I, that I heard, and we'll move on. Why, 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 is, why is Daniel praying now? And I have to think about this, too. What was Daniel praying? Doesn't list his prayer, does it? 
What you're going to find, what I, what, what, what I believe, in, in some sense, what's, what's making up Daniel's prayer, I think it's probably some of the same things he's been praying every day. You know? Thank you, God. I love you. God, you're sovereign. You're a king. And, you know, he didn't shift his prayers just because life shifted. He stayed the course and prayed and honored God in his prayer of thanksgiving. But I guarantee he prayed, Lord, there's this decree. I'm just flesh. Remember, he's flesh just like you and me. Now, this is, this is embellishing a little. I don't know his prayer. I'm just thinking if I was there and wanting to be like Daniel... God, there's this decree, I may lose my life, and I know I can be vulnerable to fear. God, I need you to strengthen me. Because the more I pray, the closer I'm going to get this den of lions. So God, I need you. He may have prayed that, I don't know, but I would have. Because I know how weak I am. Dear friend, when the going gets tough, you need to lean into God because he's tougher than what you're going to face. You need to lean into him. And your prayers are a gift. This, this prayer chamber is a gift for you to lean into God and be strengthened by him. And that's what Daniel was doing. He wasn't manning up. He was, he was faithing up. He was, he was leaning in and trusting God. This, this quote, Sinclair Ferguson said this, Our prayers cannot stretch to the limits of what God is able to do. Was the lion's den as deep as God's hand could go? Absolutely not. We'll never know how far God's hand can go. It's far-reaching. More than we'll ever need His hand to reach. It reached and allowed us to have a way to heaven. Amen. We know He reaches that far. But dear friend, I'm thankful for the hand of God. Amen. Pray to Him. But notice the, notice the power of God. So now they've tattletailed, and now we're going to find Daniel is cast into the lion's den. Okay, now if you'll see this, they assembled the king. Um, they cannot change this law because of the Medes and the Persians. This decree is set. Verse 16 Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel. They cast him into the lions, into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. A stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Now, when you'll find, read a little bit further in verse 18 and, and so on, like, like 18 to verse 20, you're going to find a different posture of the king. Now, what I want you to see here, we're going to see the power of God. The, who likes seeing the power of God? You, you, you're going you're gonna to see it right here. Now, I want you to see this in verse 17. You're going to see the king. He, I really have a twofold appreciation for him of, of this here. Because sometimes I, I see myself. The king says verbally, The God whom you serve continually, he will deliver this. So there's some confidence, right? But then he goes home and he paces the floor. You notice that? He doesn't sleep. He's pacing the floor. Now, is that a king that really has the confidence that he said he had? Not to me, it isn't. Can I ask you something real quick? Has that ever been you? Yes, the God I serve will deliver. He will come through. He will be with me. And then you go home and you fret yourself to death. Do we really believe what we say we believe about God's providence and God's love for us? What we believe will be shown in how we behave. 
The king sort of gives me a window into my own life sometimes. Oh yes, he'll deliver. But I'm going to go home and have to take some anti-acids because my stomach's all tore up. We're all, can we see ourselves there many times. There's a detail here. Listen, don't miss this. There's a detail here. It says here that when the stone was rolled over the den, the king took his own signet. They would take wax, you know, and they would put his ring, he would put a signet. It was, it was, you know, by decree to the king, it's a sealed. And notice what it said, that the purpose of this would be known. The purpose. The decree. What was the decree? That if you pray to anyone other than the king, this is where you go. That the king is more powerful than your prayers to any other god or whatever. That, hey, that you need to worship man. That you need to be fearful of man. Or, hey, it's to the lion's den with you. That signet, that purpose, was screaming off the signet on the stone. They knew the purpose of why that stone was rolled there and why Daniel was there. They knew it when the stone was rolled there, and they remembered the purpose when the stone was rolled back as well. All right? So, so I, I, want, I want you to see this. They may have struck fear of, 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 you know, of worshiping man, like bringing people to worship man at the beginning. But notice this. At the end, it won't be man striking fear. It'll be God striking fear. Well, this tells me man's purposes... To deter, distract, and derail people of faith. Dear friend, trust God through that hard moment or that den of lion moment. Man's purposes are known, but you just, you just trust God. God's purposes will come through. God's power will be seen. Man's power will be crushed. All right? And so... As you look here, read a little bit further, we find that, that um, Daniel, right? Look at verse, uh, verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste in the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a uh, lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God. Notice this. Is thy God, whom thou servest continually, Able to deliver thee from the lions? I thought he said he knew he would. And now he went home panicking. He said, well, I'm, I'm, will you just clarify, did he? You know? And so we find here, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. Because notice what Daniel says. Okay? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel. Shut the lion's mouth. That they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. I find here is this. I love this picture. I want you to I want you to see your purpose in this world. This world will cast doubt on about your God. This world will cast doubt upon your faith. Once you just to forget God, don't worship Him. Don't give Him your first fruits. Don't let Him be number one in your life. Don't. But there's a Daniel that says, Don't 
don't bail out on God. Men have their purposes, they have their power, and that's why, you know, their power, they put me here. But God has allowed me to be here, and here I am, not hurt. And I'm thankful when everyone else says, God is weak, God can't be trusted, God's not a loving God. There's a Daniel somewhere who says, hey, I'm still serving God. I was in the lion's den. Hey, but look what God has done for me. We need people like Daniel that when the world says one thing... We say the right thing. We say the truth about God. Not not living our life as cowards as we live for God, but trusting God. Your life is a book for people to read the truth about God, about Christ. Amen? That is what our life is all about. Daniel gives credit and glory to God. He didn't say, well, just because of who I am, I held these lines, the mouths of these lines shut. He didn't take the credit himself. He said, God did this. We need more Christians that say, look at what God did. Look at what God's doing. And say, hey, look what God is going to do. We need people talking about God more today. About Christ. Not just when it's an easy going. But when you're right down there and, and feeling the breath of the line on your neck. We need to be say, turn to God. Amen? Would that be you? This all began with a life of prayer, day after day after day. And here he is, not touched, not dead, not torn in pieces. He says, you know what? King, while I was down here before God, the men, the, 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 the counselors, the presidents... They said that I have committed sin, that my faith is a sin, that it is evil. But go king, God knew my heart. I stood before God innocent, and O king, I also stood before you innocent. Can I just tell you this? There's going to be people that will create narratives and stories and false accusations about you. If it hasn't happened yet, just... Wait a little while longer. If you're living out your faith and you're not ashamed of Christ, it'll happen. You're a small business owner. You're a neighbor. You're at school. Hey, social media. I'm glad as a young, when I was a a, a teenager, social media didn't exist. I thank God for that. It's a whole different ballgame for young people with social media. Because the name calling, the bullying and, and the screaming, oh no, this is your identity. You're this and you're that and you're this and you're that. Hey, Whoever you are, teenager, middle-aged, older, if you're a child of God, your identity is in Him. Not in what the world says you are, but who Christ says you are. And Daniel being able to speak up and say, here I am untouched, scream that God's more powerful than the power of men. My identity, my innocence is in God, not the stories of men. The enemy may accuse you, But don't forget, God knows you. So notice the punishment of God. We're done. This is just a short last point. But I want you to see, God knows how to be vengeful and righteous at the same time. So what happens? Long story short, Darius makes a new decree. He cast all of those that were against Daniel into the lion's den. 
And it says that they were ripped apart. They, they died. Here's the thing about my, my life. Here's what's freeing. Understand this as a Christian. I can have people be against my faith. I can have people call me names. I can have people just drag my name through the mud and call me whatever or, or say I did this when I didn't or even question my motives as if they could really look in my heart and know my motives. I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there from time to time. And I've experienced some of that. But listen, I, because I'm in Christ, I don't have to worry about getting even. I don't have to worry about even retaliating. You know what I can do? I can just go home. That's what Daniel did. He just went home. I'm going to put this in the hand. As I have put my food, my breath, my raiment, my home, my health, as I've been putting all those things in the hand of my God, I'm going to put this little thing, this decree, in the hand of God as well. And it wasn't that all this wasn't in the hand of God, but Daniel himself had to put it in God's hand. It's one thing for you to be going through something and being vulnerable to retaliate or whatever, and for me to tell you, put it in God's hand. It's another thing for you to actually do it. For, it to, for, for Christ's peace to impact me, I have to give it to him myself. What does Philippians tell us? If you want the peace of God that passes all understanding, then you must pray. And the peace of God comes in. Christian, let me leave you with this. Daniel never compromised his holiness for popularity or following the culture. Dear friend, your holiness is not worth, not worth anything the culture goes for. Live holy. Live holy. You're holy, you're holy because God is holy. Nothing, nothing is worth sacrificing that. Living with holiness is the very is the very thing that reveals to man that they are not. Do you understand? Please listen to me. Do you understand why you're to live holy? Yes, it's because God's holy, but that they will see that they lack holiness. Daniel didn't get angry. He didn't spit in their face. He lived holy, and it showed them who wasn't holy. They needed to turn to God. And Daniel never had to pick up a sword. All he had to do was to get on his knees and pray. An unholy people must be made holy because one day we will all stand before a holy God and the only one that can make you holy is Christ. The Bible says if we come and repent and we believe on Christ alone by faith alone, crying out to Him, trusting Him as Savior, we are positioned in holiness. We're in Christ and we'll always be there. So, dear friend, I want you to leave here this morning as a child of God, trusting the God you say you trust. You're going to face real life. There's plots against your faith. There's obstacles along the way. But, dear friend, when the world draws a sword, you lift up a prayer. Amen? Peter picked up a sword, and it didn't serve him well. But I guarantee you this. You lift up a prayer, and God will never fail you. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Father God in heaven, we approach your throne of grace. Lord, I feel the need to, to bring this to an end. I've, I've, I've said as much as I think you want me to say. Um, it's such a joy, God, to be your child.
Father, I was not made your child by anything that I've done. Not by me being a member of this church. Not by religion. But it began by you drawing me, revealing to me I was a sinner. And you do reveal that to all men. And Father, that I was able to place my faith. Father, I remember crying out to you, confessing from my heart that I trust only Jesus as Savior. And it was that moment I took you at your word that I was born again. I was made new. I've escaped hell. And I was given new life and given heaven where you dwell. Father, I've also been given strength through Christ to live this life of faith when I face real life. And that's every day. Father, help every child of God right now to recommit, resettle their feet upon your promises. Not sacrifice their holiness. Not sacrifice their faith, even if it hurts. But to keep following you because people need to see you so they can truly see who they are themselves. That they have a need of trusting Jesus. And I pray if there be someone here that's never trusted Jesus. They've never.